Welcome to Theory of Conspiracy. A couple of northern lads from the UK discuss plots, cover-ups, and the unexplainable. Hi, I'm Andy the Skeptic. Hello, I'm Carlos. I believe. I don't think you guys can hear each other. I think he's done it purposely so I can't hear him. That's why I got her on the podcast. She's she's like she thinks like me, that's why I like her. <laughs> I am in I am in trouble today then. Carlos, I was hoping you were gonna uh, calm down on the swear words with uh, having a lady on the podcast. True, that's true. Mina swears more than me, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been I've been in many a rooms with Mina. She's like she's oh. like uh, what's that um oh what's that uh, Joan Rivers. She's like Joan Rivers, that's what she's like. <laughs> I was thinking of um Dexter's sister. Mm. It's Deb. Yeah, Deb. Yeah, yeah, Deb. Deborah Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Mina, by the way, have you got a snoring dog? <laughs> I do. I'm, just, I'm right. I'm gonna. Li- I'm gonna leave that in the podcast because uh... she's, like, she's like a. She makes pig-like noises. It's really weird. I'm going to leave that in the podcast just in case any of them come through in the edit. <laughs> I'll take sixty million. I'll shut up. Where do I? Where do I sign? Where do I sign? Um, I think people would be like, "Wow, that's insane!" And then they would have to go back to work. And then the people who are in have a lot of work to do. A lot. I'll just have my second job as well. Oh yeah. Mm. So not long left before you start passing away. You guys are just opposites. We are totally poor opposites. <laughs> if you would like to support the podcast, please talk about this with your friends or give us a review on iTunes. You can comment or contribute at TheoconPod. That's at T-H-E-O-C-O-N-P-O-D. Or check the link in the podcast description. Welcome back, Theocons, or if this is your first time here, thanks for stopping by. For this podcast, we've got another guest episode to discuss Hollow Earth. Carlos, before we start, I've got a couple of things I want to read out. Anthony Lomi, he's given us a uh, recommendation on Facebook, and he says, Great little gem of a podcast that makes the journey to work more endurable as I get lost in the debates. Good mixture of insight and opinion delivered with humour and honest, raw emotion that draws the listener in. Keep it up, guys. Loving it. And a big thumbs up. I think he was talking about me there. The humour, the in, the intel, the uh, the knowledge. He's clearly talking about me. Has to be talking about me. So is, the, is, is, the, <laughs> is the emotion me when you make me cry then? Yeah, when you're emotional. Going, no, no, Carlos, I don't believe in flat earth. I don't believe in aliens and stuff like that. So... <laughs> But no, I appreciate it. It's a fantastic comment. Thank you for that. Yeah, usually, I usually, that. usually I get comments there. Tell Carlos to stop talking about vax this, vax that, and, and coronavirus this, and I'm always getting told off about talking about stuff like that. So it's nice to have yeah, it. I love his Facebook profile image. He's wearing a Star Wars T-shirt, and over one shoulder he's got an alien from Aliens, and he's Ooh. and he's got a Predator sneaking in on the other side. So he's definitely a Mr. Sci-Fi there. Definitely Mr. Oh, he's Sci-Fi. Definitely, he's definitely on my side of the fence with that. 
so that was a great review. Um, if anyone listening or on YouTube want to give us a review, stick it in the comments or give us give us a review on iTunes or come and find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and tell us what you want to say, good or bad. We're going to read it out. One more thing to read out, Carlos. We have a suggestion again on Facebook from Just Us Mavel. I think that's how you say it. M-A-V-E-A-L. I have a suggestion for a pod you guys could discuss. Whether humans are a result of genetic manipulation. There's a book called Genetic Genesis by Albert E. Potts. That, that claims an ancient Hebrew of Genesis was mistranslated. And we are actually the result of genetic manipulation due to extraterrestrial beings. Could be a good one for you lads to tackle. Thanks for all the topics and entertainment so far. Cheers. So, a bit of a review and a bit of a suggestion there. Well, that one would tie into stuff I've spoken of for years. It's, um, he's probably referring to the Anunnaki's uh, planet Nibiru, uh, where they came over to their planet was suffering and they needed to come to planet Earth to mine for gold. They came to this planet and they seen this, call us Homo sapiens, there's this bit which we could easily be nip- manipulated and we would become a worker racer. And, and that's where the, he said we were genetically modified. So yeah. that would tie in with the old ancient Sumerians, which dates back to seven, 8,000 BC. So yeah, I've, I've loved that subject. Oh. I've read so much on it. You'll have to uh, check that book out as well, Carlos, because uh, uh-huh. I know you're, you're a bookworm. <laughs> okay, so that's it. So yeah. Don't forget to check out the YouTube video. Uh, I've got a feeling this one's going to have lots and lots of pictures in it. So if a visual thing is your thing, go and check that out. Listen up. This is the main bit. Today is the 6th of July, 2021, and we'd like to welcome our special guest for this episode. Some people say she can see dead people and that her favourite comfort food is horror movies. But before we reveal who our guest is, we need to get her tinfoil hat rating. So I've got three questions with yes or no answers. Was 9-11 an inside job? Yes. Did we land on the moon? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Do you believe aliens in spaceships have visited the Earth? Yes. Okay, I'm going to give you a score of 7.5 out of 10. (laughs) That's why I got her on the podcast. She's like, she thinks like me. That's why I like her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am in I am in trouble today then. Okay, with a score of seven and seven and a half, and bearing in mind that according to recent stats, this podcast gets literally more than six listeners a week. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to tell us who you are and what you do, or would you rather remain anonymous? Um, I'm I am Mina Edwards. I have a YouTube channel under Mina Edwards. I have a series called beyond the known where i talk about all things spooky that includes um ghosts cryptids conspiracy theories the works and before i carry on i'm just going to say right now that it's great to have our first american on the podcast our first female guest on the podcast i think it's gonna be a really different dynamic um it might sort out carlos's potty mouth we might be able to uh we might be able to get a podcast out that's not explicit and get a whole new younger generation listening, but I doubt it. So. <laughs> I have, I do swear a bit, so I apologise in advance, but I know. Yeah. <laughs> Mina, 
thanks for joining us. Can you tell us something interesting about yourself that maybe only one or a few people know about you? Hmm. Well, I might be related to Henry VIII. Um, I uh, went through my genealogy and um, I have a journalist in the family, Uh, although I don't talk to her very much, but I got really bored and I went through it um, through my mother's side and I found someone named Richard Edwards Tudor. I was like, Tudor, that's a very famous last name. And so I um, clicked on his name and it seems like um he is related the illegitimate son of henry the eighth and um the tudor rose was on the edwards family crest and you can actually trace it uh, it's very easy uh you can visibly trace it um and so not only was i related to him but also a famous pirate um, Captain Edwards that, uh, was given, um, some land of Manhattan that's now worth $680 billion. Uh, yeah, Queen Anne gave it to him. And if you look it up, you can find it. It's called Edwards Millions. It's a whole, and yeah, it's a whole insane story. They were going to make a movie off of it. And supposedly Benjamin Franklin screwed over my family. So, Oh, do you know what? As you were talking about the history, then I was I was waiting for a connection to Oak Island, and I'm sure Benjamin Franklin's connected to Oak Island. I'm sure he tried to do one of the digs. You, you know, you know about Oak Island, do you, Mina? I've heard of it. Um, yeah. I know there's a TV show. Yeah, I've watched every episode. I'm hooked. That's uh, very interesting, especially the Henry VIII, because you said illegitimate child. So, because I know back then, lot the the kings would have their wife. But they'd also have um, mistresses. But they, they weren't like the mistresses we refer to today. They would be sort of uh, consensual mistresses. Um, so is that is that what is that the way your connection would be, uh, Mina, through the mistresses of Edward, uh, Henry VIII? Yeah, well, it was through Agnes. I hope I'm saying her last name right. Agnes Blewett. I think that's how you say it. She's uh, it's a French. Um, I think she was in his court. Okay. Um, there's not a lot known. Um, I think there's a book, uh, but he was. So what's interesting about Richard Edwards Tudor is that he was given a very good education back then. Yeah. Um, so that means that uh, Henry VIII definitely paid for it. Um, and that he was a famous poet back then. You can find his poetry on YouTube. And he um, he was friends, well, I guess, you know, uh, Queen Elizabeth, that was his uh, sister. Um, and they were very uh, nice to each other. So it's definitely very interesting. But I don't think there's any bad blood there. So not only are you the first American or the first female, you are the first royal to be on the podcast. So uh, a best bet be, be, be on my best behaviour. That all sounds to me very Game of Thronesy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, cool. Okay, let's get on to the topic of the podcast, which is Hollow Earth. I think you two are probably going to have me over a barrel, although I do have something to throw back at you, but I'm going to let you two kick this off. Uh, so we're talking like Godzilla Kong level conspiracy theories. <laughs> Monsterverse, they called it, didn't they? 
Go on, take it away, guys. So, uh, obviously, Mina, because obviously when I spoke to you, because you said it's one of the subjects you find quite interesting because you had some kind of, I won't say family links, but uh, family name links to uh, a certain person. I'll let you go into that. But what's your uh, interpretation or what do you think Hollow Earth is or what do you think, what do you, basically, what do you think, what do you think it is? Well, speaking of the Godzilla versus Kong, I think it was pretty damaging to the theory um, as a whole. Uh, it kind of made it goofy. Yeah. Um, but I also think that when I think of Hollow Earth, I think more, I think less of like a hollowed out pumpkin and more of like a honeycomb. Um, and this makes sense to me because if you look at like um, Mammoth Cave, if you look at um, the caves in Greece and Malta caves, and um, it just makes a lot of sense that there would be uh, these um, these really huge caverns that may be uh, a subterranean society lives within. Obviously, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's not a fact. We we don't know, but there is a lot of I guess, uh, mythology that ties into it, especially through uh, Native American lore, uh, ancient Greece, Hindu. Uh, it's it's definitely, uh, it's tied into a lot of different cultures around the world, which is something I've always found very fascinating. I've always said that hollow earth is where, hollow earth is where all um, conspiracies lead to, kind of. You know, uh, like UFOs, aliens. Yeah. It's 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 the end all be all. It's uh, it's the granddaddy, I guess. Because you are right. Because the you just mentioned uh, honeycomb analogy. Do you know what? I've never thought about that because I've always looked at it as like some kind of lay- layers, a bit like uh, you know the Russian Matryoshka dolls, where you just got layers within layers. Um, you just said the word honeycomb. I thought, you know what, that could work. You know, it's sort of like like cave systems and different uh, uh, different depths, different uh, species of life. And you are right because it's sort of the. I think the the person who sort of did um, give it some kind of credence was Edwin uh, Edward uh, Edwin Haley. I remember from reading many years ago, and he that's the Haley comet. He's the one who, who originally spoke about in the, the 17th century, spoke about Hollow Earth, and that's where it really sort of, yeah, a lot of people obviously debunked him and tried to say X, Y, Z, but it's like you just said, Mina, there, people have not been able to prove or disprove things. It's just it's just been one of their myths which has go out throughout the centuries, but I think Edmund Haley did sort of uh, bring it mainstream, I should say, and, that, and that's where it sort of, it's became sort of it's been steady within our sort of the way we tell our stories or the way science has evolved and stuff like that. I like that. So, but you you said it, you are right in one thing is the one thing is when it comes to things like uh, UFOs, for example, UFOs have always had that kind of link with Hollow Earth. Uh, where do they come? Where do they reside? Where do they visit? So, what's what's have you had any uh, have you read any literature on the way Hollow Earth? and ufos have been interlinked all the way the stories have melded together well um there was sightings of ufos uh literally diving into volcanoes 
which I thought was interesting, almost like they're stealing uh, the volcano's energy or they're using, uh, and this also ties into, um, I believe Lou Elizondo was saying that um, a lot of crafts were seen above water and diving into the water where they would completely lose them. Yes, that's true. Yes, and that was something... That is, that is something that they're currently looking into. And I know a lot of cases they have seen, um, like if you look up a lot of these uh, UFO sightings, I mean, uh, there was a popular one that was like filmed in 1992, I believe. Um, and they were on a boat and you can see a bunch of lights and it's above the ocean. And, um, and then what's interesting, in Hawaii, they actually have a Stargate and they're, uh, I think it's it's on the big island. I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. It's Hilo, uh, I believe. Um, and uh, the people there believe that uh, aliens come and visit them. And it's a big, it's a big place for a lot of sightings, which is interesting. Um, and it's uh, well protected. Um, so there are a lot of a lot of people have said that they see these UFOs coming in and out of caves. There was a case, there was a YouTuber, I believe it was around Las, it was around Las Vegas, uh, around where, um, uh, area 51, uh, Groom Lake, uh, where, uh, he says that he commented on a channel or he made videos about him hiking over there. And he, uh, was talking about how he went to an, there was an M shaped cave and then when he stepped next to when he was close to it, his body was vibrating and it was very bizarre and he couldn't, he couldn't uh, understand it. He, he wrote a comment and of course trolls picked up on it and they're like, well, why don't you go there? Why don't, why don't you do that? He went missing. They have not found him. He's been missing since 2013, I believe. So he goes so, to this cave system and he's disappeared completely. Yeah, he's gone. Have you heard of uh, Luis Elizondo uh, and He's in the same category as people like Nick Pope, uh, Jeremy Corbell. And obviously, um, um, Luis Elizondo does talk about uh, crafts, like Mina just said, where they just hover over oceans. And then they just, like I said, they just vanish within the oceans. And obviously, the, the, the sort of, they've been hiding there, things like volcanoes. It's like... It's like an entrance. What about yourself, Andy? I know you're, you're one of the skeptics. What's your take on this? Where do I start? <laughs> um, I mean, it, it went quickly into the world of UFOs. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm going to try and stay away from the UFO bit. Um, I hadn't heard of that guy. Um, he doesn't ring any bells. I, I know uh, the Nick Pope name and stuff like that. Uh, and Edmund, he- Edmund Haley... Yeah. Uh, or Edmund Halley, uh, he definitely came across my sort of delve into the history of uh, Hollow Earth. Hollow Earth, yeah. I'm pretty sure he was one of the first, if not the first, person to uh, document it or come up with it or something like that. But there was uh, there was a lot of other people around the 1700s, um, all quite close together that also came up with um, similar theories. Going back on the, um, I mean, it's definitely linked to the secret underground bases episode that we did. Yes. Um, with Jonesy, because we he talked about the South Pole and a, an underground base there, 
that's very interesting. Obviously, we know about you know the tourist attractions, these massive caves. Um, there's there's an excellent one at Gibraltar. You can actually drive under the rock at Gibraltar, and as you drive through it, um, there's all these little spin-off roads and stuff like that. But did how deep do they go? Are they when when I think about Hollow Earth or Inner Earth, I think about it's you know it's it's under the magma layer sort of thing. Uh, it's not just like caves that we can explore as humans. And if if it was if we are just talking big caves, what's what's supporting life systems down there? Do you guys think there's anything living down there? Other humans and stuff like that? Well, I would have, uh, uh, about two or three years ago, I would have gone, oh, shit, what do I say here? But then you look at these documentaries, and we talk, they call it extremophiles, where they see when they go down, so I think it might be, correct me if I'm wrong, both of you, uh, was it James Cameron who built like a, like a little submarine which went down to the Mariana yeah. Trench? Yeah. And he started seeing uh, species of animal which don't literally, it doesn't need sunlight, sunlight, it literally lives in pitch black. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. There are there are life forms, but we're talking like micros, microscope like life forms and stuff like that. No, but these these are fishes. These are fishes what live down there. These are fishes what live down there. So, and also now we've um, I was uh, reading an article on these uh, NASA explorers where they just they've been uh, excavating caves and they found just they found in the frozen ice. The bacteria live it because I would think nothing lives in frozen ice. When you guys talked about uh, things living within the caves, there are actual cases. Well, there are um, stories, I guess, of uh, people coming from or beings coming from within the earth, such as the green children of Woolpit. And so these children um, came out of nowhere. Was that an English, an English story, an old English story that? Yeah, it's yes, well, it's from the yeah. 12th century, and they had a green hue um, to their skin, and they didn't speak English, and they um, were very confused. They're like, "Well, I was here, and now I'm, or I was there, and now I'm here." Um, and so the boy eventually died, and the girl lived on and she actually lost the hue to her skin but they said they came from a subterranean world and that's not the only case um another case was uh the moon-eyed people um from america and they actually they they couldn't see very well um and they came from the caves and this is this was in georgia and the cherokee uh, Indians actually chased them off and they never came back. And, you know, this, this greatly ties into the whole um, missing 401 um, phenomena as well. Um, a lot of people don't really connect hollow earth to that, but, you know, hollow earth, the, the way you would enter it was, is through a cave, obviously. And um, it seems like a lot of people, when they go missing, it's near caves and it, the missing people, if you look, there's like a map, um, I'm not sure how accurate this is, but there is a map of missing people that correlates with the cave system. They line up almost exactly. You can find that on Google, I think. Um, 
yeah, I'll have a good go at finding it. And uh, for our audio listeners, I'll be putting any of these images that Mina's talking about on uh, on the YouTube audio version of the podcast. So go and check check it out there. Sorry, Mina, carry on. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're fine. Uh, there was another, there was the ant people from the Hopi Indians, where people from inner, I guess, cave systems or inner earth would come out and um, they had a relationship with the Native Americans there. So there are a lot of cases where things come out of the caves, people see it. Um, this might also tie into the whole Bigfoot phenomena where, I mean, maybe we're just not looking in the right places. We're looking on the surface. We haven't really delved into the cave system. I mean, there's a whole section of the earth that we can't get to. So it's uh, very interesting um, how many how many things really tie into the cave system. Like the Aztecs is another one. Um, they disappeared. And um, the theory is, is they disappeared underground. Um, and they also went above, um, yeah. as above, so below yeah. kind of ordeal. Um, there is the uh, Sri Lanka. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Sri Lanka Stargate. Um, I started looking into it and I noticed something. Um, it was, it looks like a map. And if you look into it, they're actually using alchemy symbols on this map. And a lot of people say it's a Stargate, but I believe, and I'm not sure, I'm not 100% on it, that it's it's a, a cave system um, where they show tunnels in the in the map. And you can, if you, point, if you uh, turn it in such a way, it actually shows the entrances to the north and the south pole. Um, you can, you can Google the image. It's really, uh, it's really easy to find. It's uh, the Sri Lanka Stargate and you can see that in between the, uh, in, in between the lines, you'll see the, the symbol for earth and it'll show you all the, the tunnel systems. Um, and it looks like a cave system under the ocean it actually shows around it. It shows fish. And I never understood why they thought it was a Stargate since they're showing fish, but it's showing the ocean around the the map it's very interesting well i mean it's yeah you're, you're throwing um a lot of information out there definitely i mean i <laughs> definitely feel definitely feel out of my depth um do you think um the uh just just call it these uh beings these sentient beings uh do you think they're just as advanced as us or they could be more advanced than us because I've heard stories where the, the people in our earth it seem to be more benevolent, so they, they seem to care more about, the not the environment, but they seem to care more about the earth than we do because I remember reading literature when, when we start, especially after World War II, when we started experimenting with things like nuclear bombs, the, uh, the, the inhabitants of the inner hollow earth were not best pleased with us the way we were uh, treating this planet. Have you read anything on that? I have. And, you know, it makes sense. Like, if you are um, within the planet, um, you would want people who are on the surface to take care of it because you live here, too. So if you hear, you know, nuclear bombs being dropped, you're like, well, we should check it out. 
and you know perhaps they've had more time to really um, work on themselves uh, with technology. It's it's really uh, again there's not much to pull on, um, but it does kind of make me wonder like a uh, like at least like their just their demeanor. Um, there was a case by Mount Shasta where there was a man who was walking around, he was wearing a robe and he approached two hikers and basically they, he said that he found, they had found the entrance to Lemuria and it makes, it just, it, it seems like they're more close um, to the earth than we are. Like we are, we're more disconnected. Does that make Correct. sense? Yeah. They, yeah they're but, more, they seem to be more spiritual, more in thought with uh, nature. Yes, they're more involved with the planet, whereas we've just kind of, well, I'm here and now we want to leave. But, you know, what's interesting when we want to leave is that we haven't even explored our oceans fully. Correct. Correct. What about the cave system? There's a lot that we have not explored. So it's very interesting. Um, You know, they want to go to Mars, but Earth is so beautiful Um, and there's a lot here and there's a lot we haven't discovered. So that's just very baffling to me. It, it, it does make a lot of sense because when you spoke about um, the Native Americans, or you, you mentioned Cherokees, and if you look at, if you read uh, ancient, or not ancient textbooks, but textbooks from the last 100, 150 years, these people were very, um, they were very well connected with inner earth and the nature itself, and they used to say a lot of them could communicate with the planet itself, it it slips my mind. It's a bit like, it reminds me a lot of um, Aborigine. um, uh, It's a bit like them because they were so synced with the planet and the energy with the planet. And a lot of them used to talk about, they they do communicate from people from the inner planet. And people used to think, ah, it's probably some kind of mythology kind of chat. But no, it all ties in with all what you mentioned, Mina, before all these ancient... um, ancestors they're all sort of speaking the same language it's a bit like with pyramids the all these different cultures talk about pyramids but it's like they're all talking about the same thing just like they're all interlinked i do have to agree with both of you and this is rare for me to agree with carlos (laughs) (laughs) but um on the subject of i think when we were tribes i think we were much more linked to to our environment to earth to the seasons because not only was that a way of passing your knowledge on with stories and rituals and um because it wasn't written down in textbooks till thousands of years later so you had to pass it on that way to make sure that the kids and stuff understood um but yeah but modern man civilized man whatever you want to call it it's all about that nine to five grind and money and that's all people care about and that is a problem and that is a negative i see it's it's great that we are talking across the planet right now using ones and zeros that were invented by someone and it is a marvel and it's all connected on wi-fi and electricity um it that is that is great but at the same time it's um it is a shame and i think the planet is suffering because of it technology's um, made us kind of ignorant as all te- uh, technology I, I wouldn't say it was technology i would say technology was one of the good things that's come out of it but it's the economy 
drive it's the money behind it i believe that technology has uh connected people um yes we've we're able to share ideas that we weren't able to share before um and it's kind of like a great awakening um i think it's a uh it's a great thing I, you know technology can also be used for negative but i think it's pretty neutral um it depends on what you do with it exactly yeah um, Mina, by the way, have you got a snoring dog? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that in the podcast because uh, she's, like, she's like a, she makes pig like noises. It's really weird. I'm gonna leave that in the podcast just in case any of them come through in the edit. <laughs> Back to the Hollow Earth. There's, there's something which I, I really love to talk to you about, uh, Mina. Is one of your family names Bird as well? So that's the link I really want to speak to you about. Um, yes, I have family with the last name of Bird. I wasn't able to completely link it. That's something a DNA test would have to do. There's a whole side of my family that, uh, I don't know who they are. Um, I've never met them. They are incredibly, uh, uh, from what I've heard, incredibly wealthy and they have, they want nothing to do with my side of the family. That is a long story, but, um, I have this, I, I am going to do a DNA test, uh, soon and hopefully i can figure that out i think it'd be really funny uh, like hi i'm here i um i found out the the only reason i found out about this was because of a dream um which is so weird um but i i i eventually i didn't really look i i looked into it like the day after i look up well there is something on the north pole and um to give you Backstory: This this might seem crazy. Uh, it is one of the most pivotal moments in my life, and I am still trying to figure everything out. But uh, I had a dream that was very strange when I was I had just turned eighteen. It was about it was February of 20, 2010. and the dream was I was standing on something like a transparent floor or surrounded by transparent walls, and I could see clouds just whizzing by. It was very strange. Everything was moving very fast around me. And there was a voice that was in my head. Um, and it seemed like it was actually there. Like if you, if you experience a dream, it's kind of like turning on a TV. It's like when they talk, it's not like, it's not like it's actually there. It's very muffled. It's very strange. But in this, it was very clear. And it, I didn't see whoever was talking to me, but I, I felt their presence and it was very calming it, it was soothing. It, it, I think it wanted to make sure that I, I wasn't um, scared. Um, I wasn't, but uh, it was. It told me over and over again. Um, it repeated, "There is something on the North Pole. There is something on the North Pole." And then numbers popped up in front of me. I'm guessing it was coordinates. Of course, I forgot them. How convenient. <laughs> um, and I woke up, and I was like, "What?" the hell was that? That was, that was, I could hear the damn voice just echoing in my head. It was like somebody was kneeling next to my bed and talking to me. That'd been really weird. Um, and so I looked it up the next day. I was like, okay, there is something on the North pole. And I found Admiral bird. And I was like, what is this? And it was called hollow earth theory. And it had like this just a map of hollow earth. And I was like, I have never heard of this because I had, I wasn't into conspiracy theories or anything back then. Um, I was just nor into normal girl stuff. I was into, I was really into theater and all that stuff. And I didn't care about any of that. 
but I looked into it and I was like, um, this is the first time I've heard of this. Pretty sure the earth is not hollow. Um, that's what I learned in school. So I kind of, I, I was like, okay, that's weird. And I kind of ignored it. And then I got really into it when I, I started thinking more about it. And I started talking to people about it. I was very bashful because um, I didn't want to be, um, I didn't want to be made fun of as nobody does. And uh, so it would only come up when I was drinking. Um, and eventually I started telling people when I was sober and we started, I started looking into it and everything. And I was like, well, maybe I don't know hundred percent. No one does. Um, maybe there's something to it. And there's nothing wrong with looking into it and, you know, debunking things and looking, looking deeper. I think his journey was meant to be for nine months and he'd come back a lot earlier than that because he was practically threatened to say, listen, I advise you to go. Because he went, because a lot of people say it's a little bit more than an exp uh, expedition because it, the, the amount of muscle he took with him, you know, uh, Navy ships and and uh, aircrafts it was it, it was it was a little bit more it's like you don't take that much it's like you said i'm going out for a picnic and i've got a machete i've got a sawn off shotgun i've got an assault rifle on me well i'm just going out for a picnic well what are you doing at this picnic and that's the story i found because he come back and he was a credible but it's not these he wasn't one of these like crazy guys he was very credible and that's the, the birth of because a lot of them said that's when it started going crazy with um, the links with the Nazis, because uh, I know it's a totally different subject, but it'll tie in massively with Operation Paperclip, when the Americans took all the great scientists from um, World War II, Werner von Braun was a prize asset, took them to uh, America, and they was the birth of the birth of NASA. So have you have you have you come across any links with the say? the Nazis and Hello, Hollow Earth, I should say, and Richard E. Bird? Well, I looked into his diaries, and I think someone had debunked them because they said that they couldn't directly link him to those diaries. Um, and I, what I found interesting, is, and those, uh, what, what was written was that and on the ships, it looked like the typical swastika, but it was backwards, um, and which is the... I hope I'm getting this, the kanji, or manji, manji, manji symbol, sorry. Um, and so he called them flugelrads, uh, which means spinning wheel, or uh, I believe that's what's called, spinning wheel. That was always really interesting to me, but I don't know if, I, I don't think it was ever based on his, I don't think those diaries were ever based on what he actually experienced. I think that's still up in the air. But what I find interesting is Operation High Jump and what High Jump means. High Jump means to punish. And a lot of people are like, well, they just went down there to test. And I was like, well, why would they call it basically punish? What are they going down to punish? So that is interesting. And people died when they went down there and they lost a ship. And it's, mil it's military lingo, High Jump. Like, I want to get a High Jump on them. They want to punish you. So I always thought that was very interesting Um that was a very interesting word for them to use. I did not know that. I didn't know that. So military terms, it means a, a form of punishment. Is that correct? No, the, the word high jump. High jump. If you want to get one over on someone, you want to get the high jump on them, don't you? Right. Yes. Okay, yeah. There, there. Uh, what's your opinion on that? Do you think it's just because uh, he, he, he does? He's not a mythological. He's a true person. He's a true person. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. 
I agree he's a true person. Uh, but I, I, I don't know enough about it. I, I know that the flat earthers often use him as a as a you know, reason why the Earth's not flat because he tried to go over the South Pole and didn't actually go over and he was stopped by some giant wall or something. Because And the reason he couldn't get over is because that's the edge of the planet because we're on a disc. I, I always thought that flat Earth was um, a way to dismiss the hollow Earth theory. It was a disinfo campaign. Um, because if you look into um, a lot of the algorithms, they don't really push out the hollow earth theory, they push out flat yes. earth. Yes. And it's something, yeah. but it's something that's interesting because I never look at, I really, I know people who talk about flat earth and are into it, but I, I only know the bare minimum. It was never really an interest of mine. I think there's there's so many different flavors and sort of, they, they call it models. So some believe it, we're on a disc shape. Some believe it's sort of, it's, it's, it's like a more of a dome. Some yeah. believe that we're on like a diamond and you, you so, so you, you go off one edge and you come on the other edge, like you do in a Pac-Man game. Um, this, and, but there is definitely a theory about the, this ring around the South pole, like this giant wall in like game of Thrones that you can't get across. And at the North pole, there's a hole at the North Pole and there's something down inside underneath us. Uh, and that's but, where Richard E. Bird ties into it. But the, yeah, yeah. And, and and the premise is that it's, there might be something below us, but it's just other levels and we're still flat. It's still flat. It's not a, it's not a sphere. There's also, have you heard of a serious Reed Teed? No, no. What's that? He, no, in, well, here's something we need to go and look at. Yeah. So it's, it's um, inner earth related. So in 1969, he was an American phys- uh, physician, uh, and he—I think back then they, you know, he used to get people traveling the country coming up with these medicines that can cure all sorts of stuff. Oh, okay. Apparently, he had this his own brand of medicine, but he used to zap it with like electricity, probably from like a Van de Graaff generator or something like that that you had back in the day, and he, I think he used to dose it with magnesium all sorts of stuff and apparently while he was doing this he electrocuted himself uh so badly that he passed out and when he came to he believed he was the living reincarnation of jesus and the earth was actually an inverted sphere where we are on the inside of so imagine the pumpkin we're on the inside of that pumpkin and as we look up into the sky we're looking into the middle of the pumpkin and that is the rest of the universe so we're all enclosed in this in this ball. Is this concave theory? I have heard something about. It could, it, I suppose concave theory could have come from yeah. come from that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that we're the we're actually the people who are inside, and then um, we're when we view the night sky, we're viewing the. I, it's like the kind of like how you would like we're in a cave or something. I I don't know how yeah. else to explain. I'm it. not sure you've convinced me that there's life um, inside what, the earth. What <laughs> I think is interesting is that uh, Isaac Newton was uh, also interested in hollow earth yeah. and he is, you know, he created uh, the gravity theory and which is still a theory. It has not completely been proven. Um, but then there's also the seismographs. There's the seismograph um, shadow zones where there are sections of the earth that they cannot get to which is very interesting. 
I've not seen that, but I'm glad you brought Isaac Newton up because he also uh, came up with a, a, an experiment to measure the density of the Earth, the weight of the Earth. Have you heard of the uh, Shehalion? I think it's Shehalion. It's a Scottish name. It's named after a Scottish mountain, the Shehalion experiment. No, I've not heard of that. What's that? Is that, is that, is that an Isaac Newton uh, test, is it? Science. Ooh, science a bit. Well, Isaac Newton came up with it. He thought that the effect wouldn't be big enough to measure. Um, so basically, what I'll tell you what the experiment is, and I'll tell you about the Shehalion experiment. So uh, what you do is if you if you just get a pendulum now, piece of string with a weight at the bottom, if you get a pendulum, you know, build a brick, uh, builders building brick walls use them all the time to make sure the walls are straight. If you use a get a pendulum, it'll hang straight towards the center of the earth because that's where the gravitational field is the strongest but if you go and do that and you're next to a mountain so you've got a big mountain on your on one side of you um the string will hang slightly towards the mountain as well as straight down but the but the mount but the weight of the mountain should pull it slightly towards the mountain if you do that on both sides of the mountain at the same time and and then measure that string going up to the sky and measure it off the angle of a star, you can see whether those two pieces of string are going straight up uh, in parallel with each other or whether they're deflecting. And if they're deflecting and pulling towards the mountain, you can measure that angle. And based on the angle, you can then work out the weight of that mountain. So obviously mountains are quite irregular. Yeah. So there was a, there's a massive survey done in the 18th century um, to find like the perfect mountain to do, uh, you know, it, it needed to be like um, as spherical as possible. So the Shehelion Mountain, um, which is in the Highlands, um, they found this this mountain. They thought, right, this is the great shape. This is a, the perfect shape for it. And I believe it was um, 1774 when they first did it, and they measured it, and lo and behold, there was this slight degree of angle difference and they they did the mass and they worked out the weight of the the mountain based on that you could then go to any two points on earth and do the same experiment line it up with the same star at the same time and that degrees of pendulum would give you the average density of the earth and they sort of so they did that calculation they went okay well if we know it's this dense then there's not a rough enough room for this hollow earth you know for the earth to be hollow so they also repeated this experiment in the cavendish experiment i'm not sure if that was named after a person or whether it was named after another mountain in 1798 it, uh, john playfair did it again on shehalion in 1811 uh, king arthur's seat uh, which is a famous rocky out you know I'm, I'm not sure if it's a mountain because it's not high enough but it's a, it's a rocky outcrop in Edinburgh. And St. Arthur's Seat, what that was is there was a volcano. And as the lavas come up, the lavas hardened. And then over millions of years, the soft rock of the volcano has eroded away and it's left the hardened um, solid magma in the middle. So you get this very circular, very flat-topped sort of rock um, so they, they repeated that one. That was in 1856. 
say tomorrow we did discover the earth was hollow or we had, there was an inner earth within an earth what would that mean and what would it change to you and science do you think people are well fuck it it doesn't mean anything current normal life or do you think we'd have to completely rip up the history books and start all over again and maybe things will come into question um I think people would be like, wow, that's insane. And then they would have to go back to work. And then the people who are in have a lot of work to do. A lot. They would be like, oh, God, no, I don't want to do this. Can't we just go back to the old ways? I, I agree with Mina. I think, I don't think you'd have to rip history books up, but there might be certain circumstances where they go, oh, so what really happened here? And what really happened there? And, oh, let's do let's recreate some of richard e bird's experiment and prove that we can fly over the south pole and mina we'd both like to thank you for coming on the podcast is there anything you would like to plug where can our listeners find out more about you if they wanted to oh okay so my instagram is spooky mina um spooky underscore mina um my youtube is mina edwards um it's really easy uh, to find it'll be the first thing that pops up um i'm on clubhouse as mina edwards um i have a club on clubhouse called beyond the known i have a TikTok, uh spooky mina it's the same username um yeah that's about it wow you seem to hang out everywhere carlos hangs out then <laughs> that's how me and mina became uh, acquainted got talking to each other uh, on yep. clubhouse we're always in the same ufo rooms <laughs> <laughs> No, I've, I've really enjoyed this part, but thank you once again, uh, Mina, for um, our transatlantic friendship across the pond here on this podcast. I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed this uh, podcast. You know, um, Hollow Earth is something I love talking about, obviously. I can go on and on and on and on and on about it. Don't forget you can leave us a review on iTunes and we will mention it on the show or send us an audio message to get your voice on air. You can ask us or say anything you like. Check out the links on our social media for our merch store. Each purchase will contribute 50 pence towards supporting the podcast. Also subscribing to our YouTube and Twitch channels or sharing this podcast with friends is very much appreciated.